Welcome back to the Casual Heresy Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm Michael. We have a special guest with us today. And we will open up in prayer and keep you wondering. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are filled with gratitude for this day, filled with gratitude for these relationships, these friendships that we have. For our guests, for our listeners, and for all of your children, Lord, we ask that you keep everyone safe during times of distress and during times of joy. We ask that you bless this podcast and all who are impacted by it. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, we have a guest, Michael? Yes, we do. Um, our guest today is uh, our parochial vicar at our church, here where we live, Father Kevin. Hello. Well, thank you for having me, uh, Michael and Spencer. Yeah. You may remember from a past episode, Father Kevin popped in and said oh, hi. I think that's right. This is the same Father Kevin. There we go. That's right. Yeah. I've enjoyed listening to you guys off and on a little bit. I'm not a, I'll admit, I'm not a 100% listener yet, but I've listened to you off and on while working out, walking. Got some good stuff. I'm glad to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Father. So, what are we doing today, Father? Good question. Well, I had gave you guys an idea a while back. This mm-hmm. is probably in the throes of winter. And because uh, I had received some wonderful letters from First Communion students who are getting ready for their First Communion. They weren't from this parish, um, but they were really nice letters. And the letters had two pages. One was just something about the priesthood, and they were supposed to write a little sentence or two about, write a thank you note to your priest for the many ways he brings you closer to Jesus. So they all wrote something very nice. Mm, yep. Sweet. The second page of each of these says, is more about the Eucharist. It says, write down some ways the Eucharist helps your soul. Then it says, draw a picture of how you think your soul will look when you receive the Eucharist. Mm. Very interesting questions. I mean, those are deep questions for... Especially yeah, for that, that age. age. So I was just intrigued. What are they going to think about here? What are they going to come up with? You know, um, this is no reflection on, you know, much, you know, anything that they're really learning necessarily. It's just, yeah, you know, yeah. a first grader or second grader rather is going to think of some interesting things and probably some profound things, maybe some things that need a little more direction. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so would you like to hear some? Okay. Absolutely. First one, dear father, thank you for spending your time with Jesus. Also, thank you for teaching us about Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's kind of Yeah, nice. I was just very encouraged that this second grader, um, you know, thought that I spent time with Jesus, which I do. <laughs> right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's it's kind of yes, cool that he yeah, acknowledged, acknowledged that's though. a better word. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So and then and then yeah. Thank you for teaching us about Jesus. That means yeah. I'm I'm glad that, to. That almost like shows that. Like I'm looking up to yeah. you, Father. Like I see what right. you're doing. Right. And apparently he's learning about Jesus from me. So. Yeah. That's mm. good. So I'm just very very heartened by these words. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing too groundbreaking there, but. So the ways Eucharist helps your soul, it helps you be closer to Jesus. Two, give us everlasting life and the Holy Spirit. Thoughts? It helps you be closer to Jesus, the Eucharist. What is it? How does it help your soul? It helps you be closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah, makes sense. You literally receive yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Li- yeah. And gives you everlasting life. Which is very <laughs> accurate. It's also kind of impressive that, that <laughs> pretty good. A, a f- somebody studying first yeah. communion got yeah. that. Like for sure. The the one that gets and me then is the Holy it, Spirit. There was a period and then it was just and the Holy Spirit. So I'm not exactly sure what that meant. Like if it's just a side comment or if the Eucharist gives you the Holy Spirit. I mean, I I would assume it does. I mean, it gives you grace, so it makes you more open to the Holy Spirit at least. So Holy Spirit's there. That's interesting. Holy Spirit makes the Eucharist happen. The only thing that could have made that even better was one more period after the Holy Spirit one. And then saying... For the Father. Oh, oh, oh. So you're right. <laughs> then it's like, dang. That would, that be, would be just... Yeah. That would be, that the, would be the complete... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get this kid yeah, this kid pretty good. Theory. So in the picture is um, very nice. It's just a picture. You can see. It's, it's the girl uh, just drawing herself, and it says happy. And there's some... There's some... Something floating around her. But yeah. <laughs> The Holy Spirit. Yeah, actually, probably. I would guess, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, okay, next one. That's what she breathes. Dear Father, thank you for bringing me closer to God. I like the way you share the word of the Lord. Thank you for getting rid of all my sins. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> So like tender yeah, and just simple and real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does the how does Eucharist help your soul? It makes your soul strong by putting some of Jesus inside of you. Exclamation mark. All of Jesus. Good so they were point. partially right. Good point. Yeah. So. Jesus is not cut up into pieces. That would be cannibalism. Mm-hmm. But every ele- every piece of the Eucharist is the fullness of Jesus' presence. Yeah. But not too far off of what, you know, Jesus is inside yeah. of the body. Definitely making your soul stronger, too. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Makes your soul strong. So that, that bread of life feeding the soul, yeah. I'm just trying to think back of when I was doing it and thinking yeah. of what I would have thought. 
And right. I, I don't remember, to be honest, but I don't think it would be accurate. And I, I wouldn't have come up with that because, to be honest, I, my memory of this period of my life is I was much more worried about my first confession than my first communion. Oh, sure. Because that was much sure. more nerve-wracking. Right. But I... I remember it being important, but I don't remember thinking anything like this. So this is really cool. Yeah, this is like, yeah, they're doing well. Yeah, I think when I when I received my first communion, my um, I said a prayer when I received communion, and you know I had to, uh, you know, I was watching. You know, the camera was there as well, and people were taking pictures, and my parents were there. And, but I'm quite sure I said the prayer. Thank you, Jesus. That really filled me up. <laughs> That's awesome. Because I was really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of being sarcastic. But I was also praying to Jesus, who I just consumed, which was pretty good. At least that was, you know. But I, I don't know if I quite understood what was going on. <laughs> my my second communion, the second time I received the Eucharist, was at an ordination mass. And I had no clue what was going on. Like <laughs> I remember going Your up, second communion was yeah, at that's yeah, wild at wow. the cathedral. Um, cool. Uh, uh, Father Father Andy and Father Joel, if you know them, that was oh, up yeah. there. That was my second communion. Nice. And so I I remember I I didn't know what was going on yeah. because the only time I'd received communion it was you know a unique thing to me. Right. So I just kind of went up there and I stood there, stared at the priest and I was like I don't know what to do now. <laughs> yeah. But so that's that's yeah yeah. That's more my memory of the of that event. So, that's a pretty cool memory. Yeah, I mean that that's you're probably the only first communion kid there. I can't imagine. Maybe there was more, but wow. The picture on this one was another picture. But she, a person standing next to the altar, and just a big heart and happy soul. It says so. Hmm. I just can't believe you remember your second first communion. Or your second communion. Yeah, not many people remember the second one. That was because it was a bigger deal than the first one. It was a bigger deal, yeah. (laughs) Just counting. Oh, my third. Oh, I'm on my 100,000th. Oh. (laughs) I told the kids at at Airfields after their first communion at the end of Mass, you know, that was your first communion. You know, by default, you should probably have thousands by the end of your life. But if you become a priest or religious, tens of thousands for you. Yeah. They're like, whoa. Yeah, when I said 100,000, yeah, I said that without thinking, but that's many decades, <laughs> more than decades. Three times Yeah, a day. I think I, I say about 10 masses a week, 11, maybe 12 times that by 52 times. It was like tens of, whatever it was, it was like, it was in the tens of thousands yeah. for, if I calculated it out. But... <laughs> Um, dear father thank you for telling us about Jesus thank you for the blessing us okay and some ways the Eucharist helps your soul it gives Jesus to us period amen amen okay mic drop to the point (laughs) (laughs) thank you for praying with me and uh, this child didn't put too much effort into his. The Eucharist helped our soul. Awesome and so cool. Well, Amen again. I guess you're right, actually. <laughs> maybe maybe I misinterpreted the attitude. 
maybe that was just a pure child saying awesome so cool and maybe he meant awesome like in the dictionary yeah. sense of the term awesome like, like it f- awe, like, fills him with awe yeah yeah like like the gift of the spirit awe, yeah. awe, awe. i'm yeah. not optimistic but maybe yeah no for sure <laughs> Yeah, this this one says, Dear Father, thank you, Father, for setting up church and blessing me, and thank you for praying for me. Okay, so how does the Eucharist help your soul? The bread would make my soul feel good and happy. And Jesus is the bread. Jesus is the bread. Yeah, what other kind of bread could do that? Yeah, I think it's cool that they know that you're praying for them too. Yeah. I think it was cool that she acknowledged like, I don't know if it was a she, was it a she? Yeah. Okay. That she acknowledged that like you, you set up church, like church church would not be possible without priests. Like that's, Oh, true. That's kind of cool. True. From that perspective. So. Yeah. Um, or maybe I should say mass would not be possible. Yeah, and I, I assume when she said that, she just kind of thought the whole thing. Yeah, the whole mass. Yeah. Yeah, because as far as setting up is concerned, you know, so often there's a sacristan, you know, these days. I, should, I shouldn't say these days. I should say throughout our history of a church. <laughs> but um, it depends where you are. Um, sometimes the priest is literally setting up everything, lighting the candles, getting the bread, prepare the wine, chalice, everything. Um, sometimes I just have to show up and pray and say mass, you know, which is important. (laughs) Super. Yeah. But yeah, without the priest, we can't have the mass. Is it true that they, in, in seminary that they teach you how to like make like emergency bread if you need to? For me, that is not true. Hmm. That is an interesting idea. Like if you didn't have bread. If you didn't have bread and you wanted to say mass. How, like what do you do? Some, like, like you could like quick grab some flour and bake some, basically? you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'd heard somewhere that they, they taught priests that. But. And how to make especially the type of bread that's needed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I have not learned that. I wouldn't doubt that some places do that. I haven't had a situation yet where I didn't have bread, but one time I forgot the wine going to the prison. Mm. And I got there, checked in, and I was like, ah, I have no wine. <laughs> and uh, so there was no miracle, but um, I left the prison, went to the quick trip, and purchased some wine. <laughs> <laughs> and came back in time for Mass to start still. Um Can I say mass without wine or without bread? Right. It would be an invalid Eucharist. Nothing would happen. Yeah. And you could get into the whole deal, you know, how much percentage of alcohol should be in the wine. And, you know, does it have to be pure grape wine or can it have a little blackberry in it? No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's all those things. But, uh. And if you put too much water in when you're mixing the water with the wine, that would invalidate it too. Really? Yeah. I always wondered because often you only see just a little yeah. dribble. Yeah. So. You have to be careful. A little dab. 
Well, damn. <laughs> yeah. But it actually, it, I mean, it's just pretty amazing, too. Like, the water, everything in there becomes a precious blood. Mm. So. Dear Father, thank you, Father. I love being at Mass with Jesus every week. It's so fun at church. I think that's what it, yeah, so fun at church. I really appreciate how, like when I was reading that, I was like, oh, thank you. For, uh, you know, I, think I like to be at Mass with you. No, I like to be at Mass with Jesus every week. I was like, wow, yeah, good. Yeah. That's good. I mean, because that's why you do it, right? Right, <laughs> so right, <I> right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're not there for me. <laughs> the fact that the kids said that they're having fun. Yeah. It's like, I remember it being a chore. Mm, sure. So, I I don't know. I get the vibe that that's a chore for a lot of kids, or they take it that way. So, for them to enjoy it. Right. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. And I would like to follow up. I don't know who these are, but like, I would like to follow up. You know, what? what is it, you know, that, mm-hmm. that you find fun? You know, they're using that word. They're in second grade, right? You know, there's mm-hmm. there's something more to that word that's happening, right? What's more fun than hanging out with Father Kevin? Well, they're not there for Father Kevin. They're there for Jesus. They just, I know, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're still hanging out with you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And the casual heresy podcasters, probably not. If they don't, if they don't go to church here, probably not. <laughs> no, right, but it is yeah. an interesting thought. Like, that's true. It is an interesting thought, though. Like, what do they mean by fun? Because yeah. like, that's that's the word they they can use to describe what mass is for them. Mm-hmm. You know, because I do know some kids have a much more mystical understanding of the mass. Sure. So, like, maybe Mass is fun. Like, Mass is exciting, mm-hmm. you know? Like that Because kind of, of that. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's fun because, like, seeing all the people. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's fun because of what happens before or after. Yeah. No, it doesn't sound like that, though. They're, I mean, this one is talking about spending time with Jesus. Yeah. So it sounds more mystical for sure. Yeah. Like I knew, I know, um, I was growing up when I was, when I was growing up, I was homeschooled and there were kids, younger kids that when they were at church, you could ask them, where's your guardian angel? And they just point to him. Oh, wow. So it's like, maybe it's something like that. Like hmm. they like going to church cause it's fun. Cause there's angels there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so much that we could find out there. Yeah. Well, in the fullness of time, we'll find out. That's true. Yeah. The same uh, writer um, said that the Eucharist helps your soul. Um, that wrote, I would be very happy and strong. So happiness and strength are how the Eucharist help. How would you say the Eucharist makes one happy, if it does? I've been thinking about that one. I feel like in a way if you think of it like if you take it to theology of the body and say humans are made for relationship, right? But relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So on earth 
that will make us happy because that is the most fulfilled we can be. Mm. That is the fulfillment of our purpose on earth is to be with Christ. So, yeah. And that's, it's like a very, uh, it's one of those already not yet things. It's like, this is Jesus Mm -hmm. and we are united with him, but it's also a foretaste of heaven Mm -hmm. and it's not, we're not there yet. It's like those two feet planted kind of a thing. One in, one on earth, one in heaven, (laughs) like Christ has ascended to the right hand. Like we are there with him, but we're not yet. We're getting there soon, the Ascension. I think it's coming up. When is the Ascension? It's got to be soon. It's before it's Pentecost. Be a couple weeks, right? Yeah, it must be. Yeah. It's usually Thursday, we move it to Sunday or something like that. Mm. Except in like Nebraska or something. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah, they just chose not to. <laughs> it was always on the calendar. Like, this is not a holy day of obligation except in the Diocese of Omaha. Now, this particular one, as I was reviewing these, um, this is a picture of this person's soul after receiving the Eucharist. And what it is, it's a, it's somewhat of a circle with squiggly lines in the middle of it. And, uh, interesting. It just kind of begs the question, like, what does a soul look like? Is, can there even be, you know, is it one of those things like, you know, iconoclasm, like you can't draw God, right? Right. Yeah. You know, how, can you draw a soul? Yeah. Cause it's like, it's pure spirit. It doesn't theoretically look like anything right and although it probably does but on a spiritual level yeah there's in seminary one of my it was my first year um it was like a general church religion class my classmates asked what does a soul in heaven look like this is an old priest from chicago he looks often to the distance for a moment and Scratches his chin and he says, a spark. Hmm. And he moved on. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Everybody was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> yeah, the more you know. <laughs> but actually, I had found in some of the funeral readings... Uh, I should say one of the funeral readings, and I apologize. I think it's one of the wisdom readings. But it talks about almost like the souls of the just, and they will be. They, it says like they will fly about like sparks in dust or something like that. Hmm. And I wonder if that's where he got it, because he said a lot of funerals in his life. This old priest, you know. So it's kind of came up there. You know, it came up in a funeral once, and I was like. I shared that story. It was a very small funeral. Mm. Very kind of a one-on-one almost homily. <laughs> so we could talk about that. But yeah, a spark. Now that's even, that couldn't, you know, that can't be, right? But yeah. yeah. It's kind of beautiful imagery in a way though because yeah. if you think about like God is infinite and there are billions of us. Mm-hmm. So in heaven, what would we look like? We would be just a spark hmm. next to the like infinite light of God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is good imagery. Or even, like you said, dust and sparks, right? Like when you have a bright light shining through a window and you can see the dust floating around in it. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Hmm. But somehow, 
even that tiny, tiny spark, there's this huge reality of a human soul. Right. Again, to the listeners, we're not trying to say that the soul is a spark, but this is just an analogy. Um, you know, there's that huge reality of the human soul. Like, you know, you have made them little less than gods, O Lord, in the Psalms, right? And, uh, and then to think in a little tiny dust of the Eucharist, there's the fullness of Christ. Yeah. Right. Kind of going back to that. It's not so, uh, scandalous, uh, scandalous then to consider the Eucharist and could the soul be a spark? Okay. Yeah. But it is not a spark, but <laughs> the idea of light is throughout the scriptures. This Michael brought up. So this one says, dear, and then the word father is completely blacked out. And it says, preste, which I think means priest. So dear priest, <laughs> thank you for bringing me closer to Jesus. Again. Write down some ways that the Eucharist helps your soul. It makes me happy and good. Ah, there's a twist. Ooh. Makes me happy. We discussed that, but does it make us good? Hmm. Now, I assume this child, good, maybe meant feel good, but didn't say that. Or maybe encouraged to do good. Yeah. Me, yeah. It's like uplifting. Yeah, like a good mood, good, wanting to do good. You could take it as, you know, a good makes me do good, makes me a good person, makes me or just objectively good versus not good, evil. Yeah. <laughs> makes me more Christ like. Mm. You are what you eat. So it makes uh, you more good. Mm-hmm. Less likely to sin. Mm. This is true. It's also true. This is true. Yeah. Going back to that strength idea that showed up in a lot of these. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, it makes me good. Yeah, it goes back, you know, the father looks upon us, you know, mm-hmm. in the in creation, you know, God looks upon his creation and says, this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he looks upon us and if we're eating the Eucharist and we're the body of Christ and he sees us, he sees his son. That's even better. That's very good. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me good. But also going back to that less likely to sin, um, the Eucharist, there's this sense of the Eucharist. There's this sense of being sent to then be Christ in, this, in a way. Right. Um, there's a sense also of, you know, recognizing Christ in the Eucharist, at the same time recognizing Christ in our neighbor or in the poor. So that's kind of tied in there too, I would think. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's really hard. Yeah. The the second one. Mm. I mean recognizing I Christ both, in our neighbor. Both could be hard, I guess. Yeah. In some sense, but uh, yeah, 
There's just so much judgment out there mm-hmm. to be tempted with. Mm-hmm. Well, and people are annoying sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to take a step back and look at somebody and say, no, no. Christ lives in them too, you know? Like, this is, they are, they are also good. God made them mm-hmm. too. Like, however annoying they're being to me right now, kind of doesn't matter in the big picture. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, especially if you look at the church, like, the, the Eucharist makes makes us all good, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like you said, like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know where I was going with that. But like love your neighbor. Yeah. And see Christ in your neighbor. And then your neighbors in the church even more so because Christ is in them in the Eucharist as he is in you. Right, 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 right. right. I don't know if that's a thing or if I'm just making that up, but it sounds like a thing. Yeah, no, I think, I think yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the church is the body of Christ and mm-hmm. where the Eucharist grafts us more onto, this is the Eastern Church Father thing, the Eucharist grafting us onto Christ. As just, uh, a branch onto a tree, yeah. I think of Mother Teresa whenever I think of how I should treat a neighbor. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, the, the amount of love and joy that she gave mm-hmm. to people that just are less, I want to say less fortunate than us. They just don't have as many materialistic things as us. But in some sense, they're almost more fortunate to have the Lord step in hmm. their life mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. in in a sense. But definitely living a harder life. Yeah. And they couldn't give nothing back to her. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. And then when you when you first mentioned Mother Teresa, I thought you were going to mention. She says. Um, she would like bow to her like whenever she would pass somebody. Hmm. And sister, why do you bow? I bow to Jesus and you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like treat our neighbor with like boundless compassion. Hmm. Like Veronica to Jesus carrying the cross. Like that's what I think of. The mm. this mm-hmm. man who is God mm-hmm. being criminalized. Yeah. He's falling while carrying his cross and being whipped. And just to have the the courage and the will and the compassion to go up to him and help him that that does that's something that doesn't happen overnight no right (laughs) and that takes a lot of different virtues like courage and and like that dot 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 that story about mother Teresa makes me think about like the tabernacle that Christ would like to be in the most is a human soul you know, because like the Eucharist, yeah. the Eucharist isn't, he, he, he didn't institute the Eucharist to just sit there. 
instituted it to be mm-hmm. with us. Right. Right. So like, right. If you think of it that way, like, like, yeah, you bow to Christ in you. I mean, especially if you've just received communion, you are a tabernacle. Yes. <laughs> like that's why you're, you sure. should sit in church for a few minutes, at least after receiving communion and pray because you are a walking, talking tabernacle right now. So, <laughs> Yeah, that, that phrase, walking, talking, tabernacle, I love that. Because <laughs> living, breathing, walking, talking. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I, when I went on my eight, first eight-day silent retreat, I would have spiritual direction. It just lined up as such. I had spiritual direction right after Mass. You know, like this priest had other directees as well, but mine was right after Mass. And every time I walked in, he'd just rejoice. Ah, Welcome, this living, breathing, walking tabernacle. Something. <laughs> and I had never thought That's about awesome. that until then. It was, yeah, that was special. So thank you for saying yeah, that. Yeah. It brought back a memory. <laughs> but yeah, that's totally right. And um, it's, yeah, there was a point in my life, very brief point where after mass, I wouldn't necessarily care where I was genuflecting to. Like, I didn't have to be direct, like directly facing the tabernacle. I would just pay attention to like, like if there's somebody in my way too, like a lot of people leaving after mass, I would just like genuflect towards that person who I knew mm. received communion. Yeah. Cause it's true. Mm-hmm. Eucharist is right there at least for about 15 minutes until it's digested. And, but that was for a short period of my time, but it's, I mean, it is true though. Yeah. And who is the saint who would send out, altar servers after people who left mass early with bells and candles and just make them follow them for 15 minutes and then come back oh i, can't, I don't I think, know i feel like that was like philip neary or somebody philip neary that sounds like something neary would do but like my my pastor growing up or his goal was to have enough altar servers that he could do that he could just <laughs> send them out into the parking lot after people until they just came back inside <laughs> yeah <laughs> not sure how well that would go over <laughs> <laughs> just constantly ringing bells <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> all right there's the last one no nope. yeah there's one two more Ooh, they're stuck together i should just hold on okay i just want to save my favorite one for last make sure i'm Yep, okay. So second to last. Thank you for the Mass so I can get closer to God. Thank you for helping me prep for First Communion. Nice. Mm. Write down ways that the Eucharist helps your soul. I'm thanking God. Period. Yes, yes, Eucharist. To thank. Greek. To give thanks. This kid must speak Greek. Or is just really in tune with... What's going on? Because that's what that means, right? Eucharist is yeah. Thanksgiving. Yes, you're right. So, so the Eucharist helps your soul in in, in giving thanks, mm-hmm. and it is very an act of thanks in itself. And this person wrote the word Eucharist in the picture and r- drew a chalice and a host pointing to the host body of Jesus, pointing to the chalice, blood of Jesus. Hmm. Okay, very nice. And then. The picture of the soul, though, is very intriguing. So, um, I 
not quite how to understand it, but it's a large circle drawn in with black, and in the middle there's a smaller white circle. The whole thing is the soul, but in the middle white circle it says what? Being forgiven. Yeah. And are there arrows? Mm-hmm. So the, that being forgiven, the white part is getting bigger? Is that right? Yeah, it looks like it. And then on the side it says sin. something sin. Oh. So maybe the darkness is sin. Mm-hmm. And it's getting overtaken by the light. Yeah, so kind of there's this dichotomy in, represented in this drawing of the soul of darkness and light and the light trying to overcome the darkness mm-hmm. through forgiveness. Now, this might have been in relation to first reconciliation. However, one of the effects of the Eucharist, if this child is thinking about it, possibly, because this is what it was supposed to be about, the Eucharist, is forgiveness of venial sin. Mm-hmm. So right? that's right for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not sure about the, the black and the white. The seems a little... Uh, Manichaean, which is, you, were you thinking that? Okay, there's like the, the, the dark God and the good God or something like that. I forget what yeah. it's about. Yeah, or, you know, it's like a battle. There's a battle being, well, there is a battle. But the battle's been won, but it's still being, you know, played out in a sense, right? Yeah, it's almost um, like the war's been won, but there are still battles being fought. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. the war's, yeah, good point, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, this idea that there's like a stark dichotomy between good and evil and they have equal power is the issue they don't have equal power (laughs) yeah exactly i don't think that necessarily like from the pit you you think i'm I'm looking in too much yeah 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 i I don't know if they looked that Uh, they probably didn't think about that (laughs) because there's nothing showing that it's equal or that yeah the dark was overpowering originally or anything. It is interesting, though. Well, I mean, clearly they only had a pencil, but it is interesting that it's just black and white. That's what struck out to me. Yeah. Like, to view the world just black and white. Because that's a, something that I know a lot of Catholics struggle with. Mm. Like, okay, sin is sin, but also there are sins that are worse than other sins. So to view, like, right, a lot of people get trapped in their own loop of thinking everything is all just as bad as everything else, you know, kind of like right. a scrupulosity. Right. Kind sure. Of I gotcha. Yeah. 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 So sure. Sure. But again, probably not what that kid was thinking. No, but that's what stuck out. To that's me a good it. observation too. I'm good. Yeah. It's, it's just a, you know, thought starters, right? Good. Yeah. Should we the last one? Okay. Dear father, thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for leading us in prayer. Thank you for blessing us. Amen. Okay. Oh, this is great. The Eucharist brings Jesus into my life and makes me strong. It it helps to feel my soul by bringing me by, by bringing me of Jesus' love for me. Maybe you can reinterpret that. 
But this kid was really excited about the Eucharist making me feel strong. And then, yep. I like the feed my soul part. Yeah. That, that part feeds my soul. Going back to that bread of life, going back to that um, that strength feeds my soul for eternal life. And then it was getting closer to Jesus, right? Bringing me closer to Jesus. Yeah, bringing yeah. bringing me. It was there was kind of a movement there. You know, Jesus' love for me already exists. Yeah. And, you know, in baptism, we're already brought into the divine life of God, love of God. But Jesus makes himself so small in the Eucharist as a way to help us come to him, that he might come to us. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, yeah, we couldn't handle it otherwise. <laughs> and the child says, um, "Bringing um, the child uh, Jesus's love for them." Mm-hmm. It's like there's no greater love than through the blessed sacrament, mm. where we become one with with Christ. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. Right. And and it's like it's a level of union that you couldn't do by yourself you know oh like it, it yeah necessary that christ did this he has to do it yeah right we yeah. can't do it yeah hmm. interesting hmm. very profound and this kid's soul looks very happy yeah just a big goober happy face person mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Well, thanks for entertaining this, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. This was yeah. good. This was fun. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. So, speaking of all of those kids, yeah. Thanking you for blessing them. Yeah. Would you be willing to bless us and our listeners? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And gracious God, we praise you and thank you for the gift of this time together, this podcast, and for all of our listeners. We ask you, your blessing upon us. Help us to have a greater love for you, especially in the Eucharist and your Son. Bring us into greater and greater union with your Son, Jesus as we participate in the sacramental life of the church. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. It's a joy. Yeah. It was a pleasure, Father. (laughs) Thank you very much. From life, cheers to you. Peace.